to forget coffee, right? <laughs> oh, pardon me? Nice. I know. Good morning, Eric. <laughs> Good morning, Akron Alliance. Uh, <clears throat> welcome to Sunday School. Uh, we're about a minute away or less than a minute away from 9.30. We're going to uh, go ahead and uh, get started. First of all, with um, uh, thanks for being here this morning. Uh, get started with some music while we allow other people to jump on with us. Um, since it now is officially 9.30, welcome to Sunday School. Uh, I have a music selection. Uh, it is We Sing Praises by First Baptist Church of Glen Arden. Uh, that church is in Landover, Maryland. Uh, but it's a great rendition of uh, We Sing Praises. So let me go ahead and play that. And while we allow people to get on, thanks for being here this morning. Uh, and uh, Merry Christmas in advance. Amen. Starkses are here. Good morning, Joanna and Charles. Nate Riles, good morning. David Fry. Morning, Liz. Anybody know that he's a reigning 
top fan. There's a badge that says top fan. Crystal, good morning. Amen. Well, that was uh, a great rendition of We Sing Praises by the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden. Uh, thank you again um, uh, for uh, providing great music in the morning. We really appreciate you guys doing that. Um, yes, well, let's, let's give credit to Arlen. Let's give credit where credit is due. Um, um, you know who you are. Uh, we appreciate you very much. Um, I want you uh, all to uh, please stay tuned after Sunday school this morning, um, since we're all online again this week, and we will be for the next two couple of weeks after this. Um, but Pastor Gus has a great message uh, waiting to be seen after Sunday school. Um, it is a Christmas message. Um, uh, it's about Jesus Christ and about how uh, what he did for us and how we are as a people are to respond. So I, I hope that you all will be able to tune into that. Uh, we um, are doing everything we can to make sure that we're reaching out to our church members and providing them with uh, good information from uh, power of the Holy Spirit to just uh, touch you and reach you in ways that um, we certainly would love to be together as a church and gather together in a building. Uh, as a practical matter right now, we have to look at uh, everyone's safety and just make sure that we are not um, uh, compounding any problems or issues within our church as far as the virus is concerned. With that being said, we are still getting together, and um, I love the fellowship online um, probably as much as I'd love it in person uh, just because of the uh, way people seem to respond. We um, we do have a, a passage to look at in Ephesians again. I want to make sure that we are covering some uh, ground work here before uh, we get started with uh, the Sunday School. Uh, good morning, Dewan. How you doing? Um, first of all, please remember your tithes and offerings. Um, if you are mailing your tithes and offerings, uh, you can mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. Uh, and there will be uh, this, after, this morning uh, from 1130 to 1230 a box uh, on the side of the church uh, where you can drop off your tithes and offerings if you're going out today. Uh, I know we are going out, so we, we will definitely be doing the same thing, uh, doing that, dropping it off at the church. Um, the U.S. mail this uh, this time of year right now is, uh, uh, if you're mailing something from Akron to Akron, you might be okay, but boy, if it's going anywhere else, it might be dicey at best. Um, so we appreciate you dropping those off if you can uh, to the church um, this morning. Um, the weather is actually cleared up, and it looks like it's going to be a decent day today. Um, 
And uh, we just thank you again for keeping our church in prayer, keeping uh, our ministry in prayer. Um, Good morning, Bev. Thanks for being here. Um, And I believe that's all I wanted to cover. Uh, I wanted to make sure we were doing that. Uh, We will be online again next week. Um, That is the plan uh, after Christmas. We wish you all uh, a Merry Christmas. We'll try to remember to say that at the end. Um, uh, When you're going out and visiting, just please, please follow the proper protocols and just stay safe. Um, uh, for the holiday season for the rest of the uh, rest of this year. Today is December 20th, 2020. And I'll tell you, it's just amazing that we're even at this point, uh, this time of year right now. Okay, we're going to go ahead and get started. We have a little bit of ground to cover uh, in Ephesians, but there's not that many verses, but uh, boy, are they rich in, passage, rich in uh, meaning. Um, not so much a Christmas theme. Uh, it's more of a theme where we're just continuing our study. Uh, but there's a lot involved here about unity, of course, is what we've been referring to uh, in the body of Christ in Ephesians. Um, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we're going to go ahead and get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time that you've set aside for us. We thank you for your loving presence, Lord. We thank you for all that you have done for us, all that you continue to do for us, all of the protection that you give us. We just thank you for that safety. We are reminded that uh, um, you are the one that we need to run into and be safe. You are a righteous tower. We thank you again for your loving presence. We thank you for looking after all of our family members as well, too, and keeping them safe. And we thank you, Lord, that you know about everything that's happening and is going to happen. And we are just going to rely upon you uh, moment by moment as we need to uh, for your very presence. Lord, help us to be mindful of those who just can't join with us online and just reach out to them as well, too, and say hello to them, send them a card, uh, call them. Um, We thank you for those reminders as well, too, just to reach out to other members of the church. Lord, you know where they are right now, and we don't want to leave anybody out or make sure that anyone is left behind when it comes to our ministry. Um, We just pray, Lord, and just thank you for those remembrances and those reminders. We thank you that uh, Jasper um, is um, healing and at home. And there's one more thing I need to do. I just thought about it, too. Um, Thank you, Lord, for these reminders of um, uh, uh, just looking after each and every one of us. Uh, We just give you praise and thanks, Lord. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. There's one more thing I need to do. I need to make sure that we show the picture of um, Ryan. Um, it, I almost forgot, but uh, we, uh, I have a video I'm going to show you online here. Uh, it's, it has to do with Ryan and his recovery. Um, he was able to take uh, some steps, and it was posted on Facebook. Ryan Hayes, um, I can show it from here. Um, it's, it's not a long video. It's going to loop. A, it's going to loop more than once here. I want to show this guy to you. This is an answer to prayer. Now, this is, uh, you can see it here uh, as best as possible here, but Ryan Hayes um, is the um, Gwen's son. These are his first steps that he's taken in about three years. And that's from his, uh, he's, he has something to surround him in case he loses his balance, but I wanted to show that to you guys. Um, it's a real praise 
that he's able to do this. Because you might you might recall that he was um, uh, in a wheelchair and he was not able to do anything uh, like that. So we want to give praise and thanks to the Lord for uh, allowing uh, Ryan to be able to take some steps. Of course, he still has a little ways to go, but we are just thankful that uh, he is moving forward with his rehabilitation. And uh, so if you have an opportunity to reach out to Gwen and and say hello to her as well, too, um, we appreciate that very much. And I'm, I thank the Lord for helping me to remember that as, as I was praying, because <laughs> I didn't want to leave that out. Okay, uh, let's get forward, uh, move forward here. Uh, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. We are in verses 1 through 14. Um, Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 14. Um, and we have the passage to cover that's uh, going to be a really interesting detail uh, about looking at remaining as children of light. It's a continuation from last week uh, when we were in Ephesians chapter 4, and it rolls over into chapter 5 as well, too. Uh, and good morning, uh, Carol, as well, too. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Bev. Uh, we appreciate you all being here with us this morning. And it's like a little get-together. Um, I look forward to it every Sunday morning. Okay, Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 14. We are uh, in uh, at the top of the page here. I'm going to read to you the passage. The theme again is unity in the body of Christ, living as children of light. And that's a continuation from last week. So let's start with verse 1. This is the New Living Translation. We'll read from here and please follow along. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Verse 3, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Verse 6, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall upon all, fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in, these, in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Verse 10. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. That is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Okay. So let's go back and look at this passage. Um, a very pointed conversation. Uh, that Paul is making here with the Ephesians about making sure that they are truly living their life as an example. Um, and that is our challenge every day. We have this challenge as we operate in our own fleshliness, fleshly desires, 
uh, each and every day, that we need to always turn to and focus on the goodness of Christ and living in such a way where we're honoring him and glorifying him. Let's go back to the top where it says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with hope, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Uh, the reference here, of course, because of what he did on the cross, he died for us. And, of course, he uh, did all those wonderful things, including you know, allowing himself to be uh, put in a position to be a sacrifice for us. He first had to be, of course, born uh, of a virgin, as was prophesied. But we need to imitate him, imitate Christ. Um, we would just as, you know, your parents try to teach you what to, is right and what to do. And sometimes we were uh, praised for doing the good things. And sometimes we had to be scolded or even uh, punished because we didn't do the things we were supposed to do. Um, but we need to imitate Christ. We need to imitate him. Uh, we have his example of how he lived on earth. Uh, we have that example in the Gospels. We know exactly what we need to be doing. So we need to pay attention to these things as we go forward. We need to imitate him. His love for us led him to sacrifice himself that we, so that we might live. We are living because he died for us. He sacrificed himself for us. He had to pay the penalty for our sin. He had to take care of those things because we could not do anything to atone for our sin on our own. It had to be him to be the atonement for us. He has a love that goes beyond affection. Um, you know, there's this, this thing called puppy love or this love where, uh, you know, you might love someone in a family. But the love for us that Christ shows for us is far beyond anything like that. It's uh, well beyond that, the agape love that um, we can barely even describe when it comes to how much he loves us in spite of who we are. Uh, it's a good reminder for us to just make sure that we are focusing on what he would have us to do each and every day. And, you know, if you're being honest with yourself and if you're being honest with who you are as a person, you are repenting uh, early and often for your sin, for straying from truth, straying from those things that keep you focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, in order for you to live as a child of light, you have to uh, get the darkness away from you, get the darkness out of your life. You have to do those things. You cannot live in such a way where you're double-minded. Uh, and so I'm reminded of that as well, too, that just comes to mind that um, it's okay to uh, live in such a way where you are just doing what the Lord would have you to do and focusing on what he has, but we know that we need sometimes a consistent reminder just to circle back right in front of him and ask him for forgiveness or ask him for help in dealing with those things that bother you. Remember, Satan wants you to very much not be in fellowship with the Lord, so he finds ways to uh, put you in that position. So keep that in mind. Let's go on to verse 3 in Ephesians 5. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Amen. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Now, you know that there have been times uh, in your life where uh, you've been exposed to people who were uh, doing things that they know they shouldn't have been doing, uh, whether it be sexual immorality or um, being greed, greedy, uh, showing a lack of purity, 
Um, Paul is putting, throwing the gauntlet down and saying, this has nothing to do and should have nothing to do with you as a believer. Uh, it doesn't mean that you do not associate with people like that because ultimately you have to be a witness for those people if they are in your life in some way, shape, or form. But look at the point about obscenity, obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. Um, I used to be around people who would tell jokes that were uh, very colorful, not very good, uh, not always very funny either, uh, but that's the nature of those who are in the world. They believe that that type of thing for shock value uh, is going to is going to be funny or whatever it is. Um, and we need to make sure that we don't have anything to do with that. Um, and I say this in, in making sure that we are not being pious about it, making sure that we are being humble about it, frankly, um, that that's just not part of the way you think. If it was the way you part, thought in the past, it should not be something that you should be doing right now. It should not be anything that you're touching right now. Um, and you don't encourage that type of communication from people. Um, there's conversation about obscenity. Coarse joking is so common. It happens all the time. We wind up taking it for granted. But we shouldn't have any place of that in our conversation. Now, what comes to mind when I mention this, um, um, Steve Harvey is one who... Uh, has always talked about how he likes to cuss. And um, he has also professed himself to be a Christian. And the fact is, is that he hasn't really broken that chain yet when it comes to cuss words. Uh, I know that it's uh, something that he was talking about quite a bit. Or coarse jokes. Or coarse jokes. I mean, uh, that's something that he does, and that's what he does as a comedian. But we need to understand that those things are not supposed to be part of the language of a Christian. Because it doesn't reflect, and let's, let's look at this for what it really is. You are to be a reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not to be a reflection of someone else living as Christ. You're a reflection directly of Christ. We want to reflect God's presence in us. And his presence should not be a trigger for using coarse language or saying things that are off character um, or out of character. You can't praise God and remind others of his goodness when you are speaking coarsely. Uh, that's the best way to put it. Um, we have to remember who we are as individuals and remember that it's not about being cute or trying to win over those people who don't know the Lord with saying things that they might understand. You need to always be up, up front with what's important, and that's making sure that you are not doing anything that's going to damage his testimony. We are not to do those things that are going to be coarse jokes, foolish talk. They don't belong to you. And it says at the end of verse 4, once again, instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Be thankful, number one, that you're here. Amen. Be thankful that you're here. Be thankful that you have uh, any semblance of health, that you're able to function and live and breathe. Um, these are things that we need to be thankful about. And make sure that we are not going in such a way where we're looking at... Um, doing something to try to impress someone else. Um, I think a lot of uh, people act that way sometimes, where we're just trying to impress people. Um, well, that's a, more of a prideful thing. That's more of a thing where you're just trying to uh, find a way to uh, win friends and influence people by just maybe saying things or doing things that might fit what they, they believe or think. We need to do the things that Christ would have us to do. That is where our direction should always come from. 
We want to honor him. We don't want to dishonor Christ. Uh, we do enough, a good enough job on our own sometimes uh, dishonoring Christ and not even saying things like coarse language. So we just need to make sure that we're focusing on what's really important and giving him the praise. Let's go back to the passage, verse 5. Um, Let's we'll go through verse five, verses 5 through 7. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. No immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. We'll cover that in a second. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall upon all who disobey him. Don't participate in the, these things, the things these people do. So we're avoiding those behaviors, those things that are anti-God and anti-Christ, for sure. Uh, immorality, impurity, greedy person, that implies, when, it, when Paul says that person won't inherit the kingdom of God, it implies that person is selfish and has no desire to serve the Lord and would much rather serve himself. And that's why he can make that statement. Um, can you be immoral, impure, or a greedy person and still be a believer? Yes, you can. But we need to understand that uh, there is a cost for that when you live in such a way that's immoral or impure or greedy. Um, you are not doing anything to bring people to Christ. You are not showing people the testimony of Christ. You are not being, you're not carrying out the very mission that God gave you to do. You're frankly um, just carrying out missions uh, for the sake of your own flesh, the sake of your own gratification, the sake of your own pleasure. Um, those people have no place in the body of Christ. And I, I know I've mentioned this in the past, but um, be careful that you don't continue to live in such a way where you just are continuing to sin and you're doing it willfully. Uh, you can cut your life short doing that. Um, I've seen it happen. I know that it happens. Um, I think it's something that we need to be very cautious about. Um, it doesn't say that here, but we just know that if you're not living for Christ, then you're not being a testimony for him. And frankly, sometimes we get kind of arrogant in our own way, thinking that um, Christ needs us to say whatever we need to say. Well, Christ doesn't need you. Uh, he doesn't need anyone. He desires for everyone to serve him and focus on him and praise him and worship him. But ultimately what it comes down to is that he's the one who gives us the ability to speak on his behalf. He gives us that. So that's why we should be thanking him uh, for giving us that ability. But don't ever think for a moment that, you know, you are so special that, you know, you, you have a, a place that's above what other people believe uh, when it comes to your faith. Um, he wants you to just live in such a way where you're honoring him and just not practicing things that will take people away from him or confuse them. Absolutely. So Paul uh, does not forbid all contact with unbelievers. Let's be clear about that. He, he doesn't say it as much here. He kind of implies that we're all going to be in the world and we're going to be with people. And I like Ronnie's comment here. Uh, we're in the world, but not of the world. Absolutely. We are in the world and we need to not be like monks or hermits. We have to still go out and associate with people. We have to go out and associate with coworkers, friends, family. And of that group of people I mentioned, 
uh, a number of them are not going to be believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to associate with them. But we need to make sure that we're befriending sinners and lead people to Jesus Christ. We befriend them. We, make, we have relationships with them. Um, but I'll speak about that a little bit more later, too, about who we have friendships with and who we associate with. Um, it doesn't mean we do it with everybody. And I'll, I'll explain that a little bit later. But we should do it. We should go out and do it. Let's take a look real quick at what it says in Luke chapter 5. Uh, Luke 5, verses 30 through 32. Um, and we need to look at what it says here. Luke 5, verses 30 through 32. And remember, this is one of the uh, periods of time here when Jesus is full on in ministry where uh, he actually called Levi, who happens to be Matthew. Um, uh, Matthew is referred to where this is part of his calling. But you read down further in verses 30 through 32. And this is the ESV version. And my wife has already put it on screen for you. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You notice that the whole theme here, where Jesus is his ministry, his whole effort was to bring all people uh, to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and call them to repent. Repentance was the key element in that process of developing a relationship with them. In order to have a relationship with Jesus, you had to repent from your sin. We have to make sure that we are indeed living a lifestyle um, where we are bringing people to Christ and not just allowing people to stay in their sin. Uh, that is very important for us to see. Um, he has already written about the lifestyles of bad behavior of people, and uh, he doesn't want people to continue this practice to turn away from the way you used to live and live in such a way where you're living for Christ now. Um, and this is whether you're in the church or outside of it. You know, we, we, we have to understand, too, that there are people who attend churches who don't know the Lord either. Um, so there has to be a certain type of behavior that we all must exhibit to reach people for Christ. We need to know that there are people sometimes who come into our churches, um, and this not, doesn't have anything to do with anybody here, or anything like that, but people come into our churches for the sole purpose of polluting the church or taking the church, you know, using, doing things for their own selfish means. Um, people have agendas sometimes. People have agendas. Um, that is the sad part of uh, sometimes this whole idea of fellowship. Um, I've seen people come into church and they have an agenda and they don't, they don't usually last. They wind up having to leave because whatever, for whatever reason, God saw fit that agenda was not pursued. And, and so people have to move on from there. Um, we need to understand that those things that we, uh, those people we associate with, we really, really have to be cautious. And so those people we don't necessarily want to have relationships with because they have an agenda. And they may speak in very... Um, plain language saying that they do want to serve the Lord, but in actuality, they're serving themselves and they're lying. And this is where discernment comes in, everybody. Um, I circled this on my notes. Um, we need to have discernment. We should befriend people who genuinely are seeking after the Lord Jesus Christ. But 
And Paul is also warning us with this behaviors that we run into with certain individuals. Um, we need to have discernment as to who we befriend. We, bef- we must befriend unbelievers if we are to lead them to Christ, but we have to be wary of those who are viciously evil, immoral, or opposed to all that Christianity stands for. There is a very clear line, and sometimes we need to pray for discernment to determine who those people are. And if you find that that person that you befriend indeed has an agenda, then I would strongly encourage you to pray for that person, pray over that person, um, and leave them to their own desires. Um, but, but don't join in on what they do. Continue to be prayerful for those individuals. And that's really tough sometimes. It's hard. We, I've, I've had people that I've known from the past who uh, I thought were very sincere in the faith, but I learned over time, and sometimes you learn over time, that, that those persons' agendas, those persons' ways of seeing things have changed. And it may not be, it may have been very innocent in the beginning, but it may have changed um, later on. Hey, Laura, welcome. Uh, thanks for being online today. God bless you. I was waiting for you. Uh, <laughs> but we want to make sure that we are looking at these individuals. We want to make sure that we don't jump on board with them because they may be looking to influence for evil rather than influence for good. So let's take all of that into account as we uh, use this discernment. And you know, my wife used to, uh, I would say something to her personally when I look at someone I meet for the first time and I would say something like, I don't like him um, because there was something that wasn't right. <laughs> there was something that just didn't hit me right about the person. Um, and it doesn't mean that you don't associate with that person, but you always be wary. Um, I think that's the best way to put it. And my wife is looking at me and <laughs> she encouraged you to give folks a chance. Yes, I do give people a chance. I give people a chance all the time, but, um, we, we have to be, we have to understand the Holy Spirit is the one who guides us, um, in these relationships. If you are not listening to what the spirit is saying, if you're not praying for discernment, if you don't have it, uh, you need to be doing that. Um, those are things that he gives you for a guide. Because honestly, um, if you get a vibe that is like, I'm not really sure, the Spirit is saying, um, you know, you might want to hold up a little bit before you jump in with this person. Uh, listen to the Spirit. Um, that's really all there is to it. If, if it comes back around and he says it's okay, then, then go ahead and do it. But you have to understand that it has to be the right time, has to be the right approach, has to be the right moment. Uh, God is the one who is in control of all these things and knows the hearts of everyone, knows the hearts of people who are wicked. And you can have somebody come in your life who's wicked and just as deceitful and just do all kinds of things to you. And before you turn around and look at what happened, uh, it'll be a disaster on your hands. So you need to make sure that you're paying attention to the Spirit and listening to what he's saying. Doesn't mean don't associate with people. Doesn't mean live like a hermit. But you don't permit bad behavior. You don't uh, condone bad behavior. You don't live in such a way where you're saying, oh, what you're doing is great. You know, keep up the good work when you're when they're just acting crazy. Uh, no, they're acting crazy. And, and, and honestly, uh, you have the authority... Uh, in Christ to say, you know, you know, you really don't need to be acting this way. You need to live in such a way where you're honoring uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he would have you to do. 
Um, and so you, you are the one that has to be sometimes the person that says those things to a person. The Spirit gives you the words that you need to say. The Spirit prepares. You're also supposed to be ready. Amen? Uh, you're ready to speak to anybody at any given moment because they, the Lord calls you to do those very things. Uh, be ready to speak when it's time to speak. We need to be always ready for those things. And I challenge you just to be ready. Um, being ready means being very you know, ready when it comes to reading the Word, studying the Word, looking what the Word says each day, and meditating on it and just being ready to act on it. Um, I think that's what it comes down to. Okay, let's get back to the passage. Um, and I appreciate your putting up about First John, too. Um, that's great, walking in the light. That's a good example. So take a look at that on your own, too. Verse 8, and this is coming back to Paul saying who the Ephesians were in the first place. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. We have the light because of the indwelling Holy Spirit. We have the light because we believe in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And he gives us the Spirit to help us to live uh, in light. We were in darkness at one point before Christ came into our lives. So if we have the light, if we're living as children of light, it should be reflecting our faith. It should be reflecting our behaviors. It should be where we are doing everything we can to have and live above moral reproach. We are doing everything we can to live in such a way where we're honoring and glorifying God. Are we perfect? No, we are not perfect. Um, and we will never be perfect except in God's perfection through the Spirit dwelling within us. He makes us perfect uh, where we can indeed have fellowship with him when we leave here. Um, he makes us perfect in that manner um, because we are far from perfect on our own efforts. We need to live above reproach morally so that you can reflect God's goodness to other people. What do people see when you walk in the room? What do people recognize when you set foot in a place? Do people see you as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ or they see you as just somebody else who's blending in? That's a real telling uh, question to ask yourself. If people... And this is not about bragging on yourself, please. It has nothing to do with bragging on yourself. People should see you as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ when you set foot in a room. When you go to places where they, where they, you may have some understanding, they may have understanding of who you are. They should see something different. You should be different from the world. You should reflect someone who is different from the world. You need to be a light in the world. A light makes a huge difference when it comes to how you are seen by other people because let's face it this has been a very dark world in a lot of areas in a lot of different places and we need believers to step up and be those children of light that god calls us to do now jesus stressed the same truth in the sermon on the mount take a look real quick please at matthew chapter 5 matthew 5 verses 15 and 16 Matthew 5, verses 15 and 16. Well, I'm going to read, I, I, I did this, too. I gave her the verse 15, but I'm going to read 14 because it kind of sets it up. 
You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. That's in verse 15. But on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Give glory. You're doing these things. They can see who you are, and they see you glorifying God and giving him the honor and the glory and the praise. Because we always remember, and we should always remember, that what we do is not to glorify ourselves, not to make ourselves look better or special. We are all these agents that work for Jesus Christ. That is who we do it for. That is why we do it. That is why I do it. That is why I will continue to do it. I don't do it for my own personal gratification. Uh, it's not, uh, it doesn't honor him if I do it just for myself. Um, I do it for him. And I hope that all of us, when we remember these things, that we are to thank God for giving us the honor to serve him. That is exactly what the approach should be and always should be when it comes to how we do our work in ministry. Whether we are leaders of a church, whether we are people who are uh, elders, whether we are people who are serving as deaconesses in the church, whether we are serving um, um, as people who are like letting greeting people at the doorway, we're doing it to honor him. We're not doing it to honor ourselves. Um, that is what the approach should always be, and, and we will always focus on that very thing that as far as what's being important and just being thankful it goes right back to that verse four let there be thankfulness to god um thankfulness because he allowed you to see the importance of seeing him as lord and savior he gave you what you needed to make that decision for him be thankful be thankful for your life be thankful for your health be thankful for being able to move about we we are doing everything we can to keep moving around and stay healthy. Um, that's an important aspect of ministry, too. Uh, if you're healthy, you can move about, do things to serve the Lord in different places, go different places, see different people. Uh, it's very important for us to be thankful for what God has done and what he continues to do. Um, and I'll always be thankful. And I hope you think that way, too. I hope that um, in the midst of your prayers, you are saying thank you. Uh, saying thank you to him uh, for allowing you to serve him, um, serve for him, and letting your light shine before others so they can see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You're giving him the glory. Amen and amen. Let's continue. Down to verse 10. This is something that's important to do too. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. What pleases the Lord? What would please him? What pleases him? Uh, what in your life pleases him? What would he be pleased with in observing your life and looking at you? Um, that means you have to now think about less about what pleases you and what pleases him. Um, it's interesting. I have told people more than once um, I want to make sure that I'm not putting things in my body or doing things like, for example, watching TV or movies um, that will basically cloud my vision or cloud my way of thinking. So I watch a lot of game shows. And, and honestly, 
Um, a lot of them are reruns. A lot of them go back to the old days. Uh, um, and you, if you ever get a chance to watch some old game shows on Buzzer TV on Saturday morning about 10.30, turn on The Price is Right with Bill Cullen. Now you're talking about old game shows that, from 1960 and 61. Um, really cool stuff uh, just to see those uh, and even see some of the old commercials that were played at the time. Um, that's good stuff uh, to me. I'm a game show guy, so anything like that, if I can see something like that, I'll try to find it. And I know usually the first thing that goes on TV in the morning, on Saturday morning, is Buzzer TV for The Price is Right with Bill Cullen. So that's just me. But you're, it's what you're taking in. It's what you're putting is in your body is very, very important. And you want to do those things that please the Lord. So you want to put yourself in a position where you don't have garbage that you're involved in that's going to not be pleasing to him so you're going to find those things that are going to help you to be pleasing to him um go back and look what it says here in verse 11 ephesians 5 take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness instead expose them expose them it is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them and so we need to make sure that we're looking at avoiding the fruitless deeds of darkness because there's a real, you can turn dark very quickly if you're looking at the fleshly desires. It can turn, things can turn bad very fast if you're focusing on those things. Do you like to watch a lot of, of, of movies um, that have uh, R-rated content, um, a content that just isn't wholesome, isn't healthy? Um, and there are TV shows that sometimes uh, cross that barrier as well, too. Are, are those things that you expose yourself to? Do you really want to do that? Do you really want to do that? Now, I'm not telling you what to do. Right? You know, you can do whatever you want. And frankly, um, that's, it goes back to verse 12. It's shameful to even talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. You can do whatever you want to do. Uh, but ultimately, it comes down to are you, if you're looking to glorify God on a regular basis, you're going to watch what you expose yourself to. You have to go further. You have to make sure that you're looking at these things that are going on to make sure you're not doing them and be prepared and have discernment to speak to other people to contend with them that they don't need to be doing those things as well. Taking a stand for what's right, which is something that more and more people need to do nowadays. Take a stand for what's right. If it's wrong, don't do it. Cheating is wrong, right? You don't do it. Um, misleading people, lying to people, it's wrong. You don't do it. And you don't condone it, and you, don't, and you encourage other people to stop it uh, if it's going on. Um, you need to make sure that you're speaking from the Spirit to do those things. But that's the way we need to approach this. Um, uh, I like my wife's comment. Your entertainment choices can be a backdoor for Satan. That's exactly right. It absolutely is true. Um, and you know, we we sometimes try to go out and find the most, the biggest TV screens, the uh, the most uh, the largest picture tubes we can sometimes to put on these movies or or programming that is just not honoring God at all. We've got to be really really careful about that. And I don't expect this to be a popular message. Uh, to say these things because it's not. Um, we need to do more of it, though. We need to be very conscious of these things as we live our lives for Jesus Christ. If you're truly serving Christ, you don't live double-minded. 
live in a double-minded way. So, you know, my you don't have to watch game shows. Watch something else. But honestly, figure it out. You're, you're going to have to make a determination on what's most important. Some people don't have TVs for a reason. They feel like it's not worth it. It's not worth the time for them to do, to watch television. Um, some people have pulled the plug from cable TV or even satellite TV and just want to stream stuff online. But you even got to watch that. It's not necessarily wholesome TV or wholesome programming. Uh, watch what you do. Watch what you do. I mean, you wouldn't expose your young children uh, to TV shows that have violence and, and stuff like that going on when they're two and three years old. What do you think that message is that you're conveying to them? Um, you want to expose to them only those things that are going to be talking about goodness, truth, and righteousness. God needs people who will take a stand for what's right. Take a stand for what's right, not just looking at other people's lives, but in your own life. What's right? Lovingly speak out what's true and what's right. In the last verse in our passage that we're looking at today, for when for the light makes everything visible, this is why, why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, arise, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. We're going to look at a couple of passages. It's not a direct quote from Scripture, but it's probably taken from a hymn um, that was known by the Ephesians. Um, and so there were some the hymns that were based on, we're going to look at a couple of passages. Go to Isaiah 26. We are on the home stretch here. Isaiah 26, and we're going to look at verse 19. When Paul mentions this last section in uh, Ephesians chapter uh, 5, verse 14, where he says, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. It probably was coming from this passage in Isaiah. It says, Isaiah 26, 19, um, your dead shall live, their bodies shall rise, you who dwell in the dust. Awake and sing for joy, for your dew is a dew of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead. One more, flip over to Isaiah 60. Well, I shouldn't say one more, there's two more. But Isaiah 60, verse 1, is another one. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Arise. Look at where it's, it's saying the same theme here about waking up. Awake, o person who's sleeping. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And that's talking about the Lord. And one more, Malachi 4, 2. Malachi 4, verse 2. Paul was appealing to the Ephesians to wake up and realize some of the dangerous conditions into which some of them have been slipping. Um, because we all slip. We need to be very conscious of that. Malachi 4.2 says, But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. Oh boy, wouldn't I love to leap at all. But leaping like calves from the stall. That's because you are basking in the Lord's righteousness and his goodness. His healing. His has the power of healing. He has the power to forgive you of your sin. He has the power to lift you up because you fear him, because you recognize him, because you know that you need him in your life. Um, he wanted to make sure that the Ephesians, in order to live in unity in the body of Christ, in order to live as children of light, to recognize that it's Christ that gives them the ability to have that light. It's Christ that is the one who has the ability to give them 
uh, healing, uh, repentance, forgiveness, um, all of those things that we need to do to focus on him. So that is that passage. It's a very short passage, verses 1 through 14 uh, in Ephesians, but a very rich passage about a good approach for us to have when it comes to now approaching the Christmas holiday season and making sure that we truly are living for him and living in the light and not living or perpetuating darkness or letting, allowing darkness to creep in where it doesn't need to be. Um, that is a challenge for all of us every day. And I hope that you understand that challenge and take it uh, in the right spirit that we need to truly focus on doing those things that are focusing on Christ and not focusing on um, lifestyles that are anything but honoring him. Amen. Father, we just thank you how you teach us, how you admonish us at times because we need it, uh, but how you indeed love us and care for us so much that you gave your son for us. And we thank you now with that reminder and that understanding that indeed you did not send your son into the world to condemn us, but in order that the world might be saved through him. As it says in John 3:17, we recognize your goodness and your love for us. Lord, we want to be outside of condemnation, so we thank you that we have you as a remedy for that that you would take care of those very things for us. Lord, help us to live as children of light. Help us to remain focused on those ways where we can get out of sin, that you will show us those ways of escape, that you will help us day by day to be strong and be courageous in you. No matter what's going on in the world today, you remind us to be strong and courageous. By focusing on you, we draw that strength from you. And we thank you for that. And we thank you for just remembering thankfulness as we go about our day, as we go about our our lives each day, remaining thankful to you, remaining thankful for what you've done for us. We could not begin to repay all the things that you've done for us. And we just thank you over and over again. Bless us and keep us, O Lord. Help us to stay safe during this holiday season. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being here. Um, Appreciate you all being here online with us for Sunday School. Uh, We will be back again next Sunday at 930. um, And we will hopefully have announcements in the future about Bible studies that we can participate in. Um, We're going to see how that works um, as time goes along. There's much to plan for. But right now, I think we just want to get by week after week. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, Please enjoy uh, this wonderful day. Uh, Enjoy the weather. It's actually not bad outside. A little chilly. Um, If you're going to visit people, uh, please stay safe. Uh, uh, Keep, wear your mask, uh, wear that protection, and keep your distance and say hello. But we welcome you doing that very thing. Make sure you go out and see somebody. I think we need to make sure that we're making our presence known in the body of Christ. Amen. Thanks for being here. Uh, God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.